3: time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him And from that point, then we hear a name change Rearrange the game, so now we gotta change reign. Uh, So I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show Let's go!
0: it up dirty up. It's the pancake power play turn it up it's the pancake power play turn it up it's the pancake
2: power play show on turning up turning up it's the pancake power play it up it's the pancake power play turn it up it's the pancake power play
1: You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. And we are live and living killing and funging like a monkey if your will, baby. Episode 371. I am Chris. Featherstone. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show, Babel. We've got so much fun tonight. Uh, It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. I've got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat interview, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, You know, it's so funny. It was such an amazing interview that, uh, one, it was only supposed to be like 20 minutes, (laughs) and End up uh, turning into two full parts, nearly an hour long, and so uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, one of the greatest uh, I've ever had, one of the greatest interviews I've ever had. So um, pleased with the outcome of the interview. <clears throat> and so Steamboat, I think you'll like Steamboat's uh, interview, he has, he, he, he shared some really, really interesting stuff. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, so, what we're going to do is actually, we're going to. Uh, <laughs> Jay said, uh, Great, great, Dusty in person, Nathan Beable. Uh Welcome to the chat room, Jay. Welcome to the PNP Nation, the PNP Gallery. Ken can't wait to hear uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat. What's going on, Malty? um what's going on guys all right so uh we got a bloated show tonight and uh back by popular demand we have none other than the brackets i'll let you see a little bit of that <laughs> just a little snippet but the bracket is back uh and we're going to have a lot of fun with the uh with the bracket tonight so yeah, absolutely. I'm doing well, Malty. Uh, ready for you all to hear the wonderful interview from Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Like I said, it's going to be uh, what's going on, Mo. Mo's pumped about the bracket. Uh Malty, I'm doing well. Um Uh, good question. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun, guys. Uh of course Part two uh, will be next week, so stay tuned next week. Uh, this week we're going to do part one with uh, Ricky the Dragon, Uh Kimbo says it's about to be all like a steamer pot of neck bones. This is Stevie Ray. <laughs> Here's Stevie Ray. Uh, Ken, good question, man. Um, I don't accept super chats uh, because this uh, it, it's it's interesting, man. I, I have a really good relationship with Wrestling Inc., so. Um, um, so this, this is my show Pancakes and Power Slams has been seven uh, seven years strong Seven years long And I've been writing for Wrestling Inc. for a while So the Pancakes and Power Slams show video portion Is showed through Wrestling's YouTube But I do have a Patreon um, Pancakes and Power Slams Patreon So you can definitely give there And you can also see all of my uh, fun Uh, Stuff there So the Patreon um, Is coming up as pancakes and power Sam's can so I really really appreciate that Donate on uh, Patreon And uh, exchange that For a super chat alright so Thank you thank you for that question can I really appreciate That all right ladies and gentlemen So uh, let's get into it You know what time it is It is time uh, For the Ricky Steamboat interview Uh, And after that I'll be right back Let's get into it and have some fun. I will be back. Enjoy the interview, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Featherstone here, Pancakes and Power Slam show. Of course, as I uh said before, uh this is uh this is great. This is an awesome interview for tonight's episode three hundred and seventy one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh tonight is uh is a great night for me <laughs> as a uh, as a journalist but as a wrestling fan um, <clears throat> you know I've interviewed many people uh, many hall of famers I think maybe ten now uh, from wwe and you know i uh, I love professional wrestling I love the business uh, but you know you you get you get your bucket list items every now and then and as a journalist there's a uh, few people that I wanted to interview uh, uh, two of those people I've interviewed and this person makes three. There's a couple more, but uh, this person makes three. And it's funny uh, because this person is also in my top three favorite pro wrestlers of all time. I've said this many times. I've, a lot of people know my list, and uh, he's in the top three. Uh, and I've been watching wrestling for over 30 years now. And uh, this person is just uh, probably, I say, the best best. The best pure baby face in, in pro wrestling history. One of the most pure, fluid wrestlers. Accolade after accolade. You know who he is. I don't have to say too much about him as far as who he is. But I'm so glad that he's on the show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the man, Ricky the Dragon But how are you tonight, sir?
0: Hey, Chris. You know something? Let me let me say this. That That was the best intro that I've ever had.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, man. Yes, I appreciate
0: that. That was
1: the, the best intro I've ever had. Wow. You've uh, interviewed a lot <laughs> in your in your career. So I mean, uh, that's a lot. Uh, who, who
0: are the other two guys from here, your, your top list?
1: Yeah, well, I'll give you my top five. Number five is Booker T. Number four is Chris Jericho. Number three is you. Number two is Dusty Rhodes. And number one is Sting. Oh. Yep. <clears throat> Those are my top five right there. Been in my top five for I don't know, probably 20 years, to 15 years now. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it as far as my favorites. I don't think that top five will ever be broken. It's been, it's been the top five for a while, and I don't think it'll ever go away. Cause, especially you, Dusty, and Sting. Um, I just, you know, you you three, I was an NWA guy growing up. I like WWE, but I grew up in the 80s and, and 90s, early 90s. And I started watching wrestling around '85. I would say probably '85, '84. Well, you were in the, <clears throat> you were mostly WWE in the mid '80s. Well, you're you're a WWE, NWA feuding with, you know, teaming with Young Blood, feuding with Flair of the U.S. Title, and then you know you had your little WWE run, and then of course going back to the NWA, WCW, winning the championship uh, in '89, and so mm-hmm. a, a lot of, a, a lot of the 80s uh, wrestling. Although I watched both, there was something about the NWA that really hooked me because I, I was just having this conversation last week. Um, WWE came to my hometown last week for for SmackDown, and beforehand we a bunch of uh, a bunch of us just fellowship and just talked old school wrestling and <laughs> over some wings or something like that. And so we were talking. I was just like, there was something about old school NWA. That just really hooked me because you actually had someone compete in a match, and walk over a few steps to a podium, and then and then plug their match, plug their brand, and then you know cut a a just a, a scathing promo uh, against their nemesis, and give us such a cliffhanger of what town to why to to come to, uh, whatever weekend it is, you know. This Saturday in Evansville, you better come because I'm going to take you, I'm going to take you down. You know, it, there's there was such an amazing draw to me as a fan to cuz I think the art of the cliffhanger is something that's kind of been missing for a while, and I really loved that about the NWA. Um yeah, not not only
0: not only with not only with cliffhangers and but uh the I think the guys that worked in the NWA were head and shoulders above other organizations. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you when you were in the NWA, uh, I was brought up in the NWA. Actually, I started with Burn in AWA, but that was just a short run, and then I spent so many years doing NWA until late '84 and the beginning of '85, and then I went up to when there was the WWF at that time. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that does uh, that's, that's anybody know the story of the transition? Why I went from NWA to WWF? Uh,
1: I I've heard of it, but uh, for for those who are listening, um, you know maybe maybe they've never heard it. So uh, go for it.
0: Well, uh, Dusty Rhodes came in as the booker mm-hmm. for Croc. Is this the story you heard?
1: Yep.
2: <clears throat> yep.
0: And uh he was still working of course in Top Baby Face it was Top Baby Face in the um, Crockett Mid Atlantic. And just and he was the guy with the pencil mm-hmm. and just using me to make heels look good for him to take the heel after I've had a run and then beat him. Mm-hmm. And that started with Tully Blanchard. Now, I enjoyed working with Tully. And, uh, you know, he was the TV champion. And at that time, the uh, even though the main event match was 60 minutes, the TV championship was only up for the first 10. Mm-hmm. And we'd all go, we'd have our match, and I'd, I would beat him in 15 minutes, and I wouldn't and he'd go home with the belt and then, We'd get on TV. The time limit extended to 20 minutes, and i beat him in 22. I'd win the match, but he'd go home with the belt. And we went around the territory, both North and South Carolina and Virginia for a couple of months like that. And then we had a big show in Greensboro, and Dusty booked himself with uh, – probably went out there and beat him in eight minutes. Yeah. And then the next thing I, I found out, I was being hooked up with Nikita Koloff when Nikita was just very green. Very, very green, and um, we were going to do an angle on TV, and uh, he gave me a clothesline from behind. And um, I think my head went into the upper bleachers. Mm. And, um, it wasn't too long after that. I just went with Jim Crockett. I said, you know, I've been here, mm, I think, about eight years, and I, I think it's just time for a move. I didn't put any heat on Dusty. I didn't say the reasons are nothing. Anything. I just said, look, I've been here for so long. It's time for me to make a move, mm-hmm. and that's when I when I made my move. But 20 years later, maybe 25 years later, when we were when I was working at NXT in Tampa, Dusty was also working there. I finally had a talk with Dusty. He brought up the fact that uh, when he was booking, and, and that I left him. And I said, no, I. Um, told him the story. I said, "You're the booker, and using me, I was a top babyface, and you being a top babyface." So I just thought it's best best to make the move. And I and I looked at you, and I said, oh, "For over twenty twenty-five years, I had a gentle feeling about you." But I'm telling you right now that I'm going to thank you for, it. and the reason being is that. When I left and went to the WWF at that time, it took Ricky Steamboat to another level. It did. It did. And um after all these years, I'm I'm just wanna say thank you for you know, I understand your position. You're the booker and, and, and you've gotta make things happen and make things work. I was there for a long time, eight years working for Crockett. But um the ill feeling is gone, and, and I owe you a big debt of gratitude.
1: Wow. And he said, yeah. Wow. And he said, What?
0: He didn't hardly say anything. He uh, just looked at me and gave me a nod and a smile, and we took hands. And uh, then we you know, went back to work at the uh, NXT school, mm-hmm.
1: FCW. Wow. That's really interesting. I, you know, a lot of respect, you know, to you for that. Uh, I didn't know that. Now, I knew that there was some conflict between you and Dusty as far as the booking. I didn't know about the Nikita part, and I didn't know about the, you know, the the bearing, the hatchet, so uh, so to speak. So that's uh, really, really yeah, interesting. That's, that's new news to you, right? It is. It is. And I, I love well, to know, hear new stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: You Nikita, know, Nikita was, you know, the, uh, the Russian, right? Yeah. And, and the writing on the wall that I saw was here. You got the American dream and the red, white, and blue is going to eventually work. The main events with with
1: the uh, Russian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what he did. Yeah, and they end up teaming together too. They won the Crockett Cup too, if I'm not mistaken, for one year. Uh, the, the the superpowers, I believe they were. Yeah, uh, really, really interesting. And, and and this is one one other thing that I don't think I ever knew, but I was really interested. Uh, about, uh, I know that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because the story, the running story, is that your WWE run halted because you wanted to concentrate more of your, on your, you know, on spending time with your family. Is that correct? No. Hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> g- give me, give me the real.
0: Okay. Uh, we did the angle in December of '86 with me and Savage, with him coming off the top rope. On my throat with the announcer's bell mm-hmm. and leading up to that, I gave word to of the office that my wife at the time, Bonnie, was pregnant, and my firstborn was going to be somewhere around the first week of July mm-hmm. and I said uh, I'd like to have uh, either the week before and the week after off uh, uh, two weeks. Cause I want to, I want to be there, uh, for my firstborn, you know, Chris, at those, those days we, you know, we're at, we were doing 300 shows a year, you yeah. know,
2: yep.
0: and traveling all over the country and just, just wanted to be sure that, uh, I wanted to be there. Yeah. Who, who, who would not want to be there with their firstborn, right? Right. You know, I was in my mid thirties and, um, Savage and I had our match, uh, one of my all-time favorites. And um, I think we, well, I know, we we took the Intercontinental belt to another level. Mm -hmm. And... um, Definitely. Politics as it may be, uh, Vince Vince just said, uh, we can't leave you, we can't leave the belt dormant for those couple of weeks that you want away. And is it like for you to drop it to uh, Wayne Honky, Honky Tonk? Yeah, yep, <clears throat> yep. Well, who brought Honky Tonk in?
1: Hmm, I don't know. That's who, a good do question. Did you, you bring know? him? No. Hulk Hogan. Hmm.
0: Who suggested to Vince to drop the belt to Honky Tonk? Hogan. Hulk Hogan, mm. and this this news this uh, this comes from a, a live interview that I saw saw Honky Tonk do and, and say that.
1: Mm. Very interesting. And, uh, and what, do you, what are your thoughts on you know he's the longest Intercontinental Champion of all time? Do you think that Hogan had some stroke in keeping the title on him?
0: I I don't know anything about that mm. honestly. Mm. But yeah. you know what? You know what? You know what's funny is that I had the belt about eight weeks, mm-hmm. and when I do appearances and I do Q and As, room full of fans, and I've done a ton of them. Uh, I started doing it in the last six, seven years, mm-hmm. um, and I'm telling you the truth. His, his, why is his name never brought up?
1: Uh you talking about hungry talk man's yeah that is really interesting um well he only had one i mean he was the longest intercontinental champion of all time he only had one run um you know so i, I don't know if someone would consider him the greatest you know i, I think he's hall of fame worthy and i don't think him being a hall of fame you know makes sense um uh, but some people if you if you're kind of like a one and done Just because you had a long reign doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're one of the greatest. Like, for instance, JBL was, before AJ Styles, JBL was the longest reigning world champ in SmackDown history, right? He had it over a year, or around around there. And he's not considered one of the greatest, you know, even in the top five or ten. I mean, he had a really good run as a heel, but he's not considered the greatest because he had the longest reign.
0: Yeah, well, uh, JBL, talking real quick. I enjoy watching him work, and I especially enjoy his interviews, his promos.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know?
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: He's that, you know, Texas blood off the cuff, you know what I mean, the old school type of promo for sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. Nice. Yeah, he is. I agree. I think his promos are really good. Well, you know, uh, what
0: would be, you, know what, you know what would be, um, oh, enriching um, if if some guy would 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 go out there and start doing promos like
1: old school. Oh, it would be very enriching for me as a fan. That's for sure.
0: Oh yeah, and it uh, it certainly would uh, get the nod from all the old school fans. Uh, but certainly, I think the new school fans would dig on it also I agree Yeah,
1: yeah cuz th- things feel so fabricated when it comes to promos and
2: yeah
1: you know promos is what hooked me so I'm a, I'm a promo guy I love I love hearing good authentic promos like for instance you know you talk about Nikita uh you know he, this guy was so <laughs> engulfed in his character that he started to talk like he was like really Russian. You know what I mean? Like I loved that and just you know, someone like you I you know, it's interesting because I think someone like you really transcended what we see today. But I think that I think that the the scope now is a little bit too much of what you started. You know what I mean you like for instance All right, we will uh, we end it there, guys. Uh, it's I'm gonna get that straightened out for you guys. Uh, I want you all to have a. Dana um, <laughs> I thought I was doing live. Uh, well, now it's live. We're live time now. Um, we're we're gonna get that together for you. I'm gonna actually play the full interview. We're gonna get that. There's some difficulties going on. Next week I'm gonna play the entire interview instead of one and two. I'm gonna play the whole thing. All right. Uh so yeah I don't I, it were some some changes that I made here in my office uh service wise and uh, the actual interview is sounds great uh, but yeah um yeah that's that's the the, the bad part of being live but you all can hear me fine now, I believe. Um so that is that. So we're gonna get that straightened out. I'm gonna get that straightened out for you guys. Once again I apologize for the uh for the for the glitches and everything because I you know, I, I did the full interview and the full interview sounds absolutely fantastic. Um uh, but yeah, just unforeseen glitches there that uh, I will get straightened out. Um, the video part is fine. You can hear me fine, but, um, with this, uh, with this, with this podcasting, with the audio part, it's just glitching. So, uh, changes are going to need to be made and rectified. And, uh, what I'll do for you all for the PNP nation is I will go ahead and play the full thing, um, uh, with everything. Yeah, you're good now. I'm not choppy. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the the live and audio is just fine. And like I said the um the, the um the the full interview, the, the actual interview is just uh it's just fine. <laughs> That's right, Daniel. <laughs> have a come to Jesus meeting with the Chris, absolutely. <laughs> I sure will. I'm going to have a come to Jesus meeting with this uh podcast software. This podcast uh host here. Uh, but we'll get it done. We'll, we'll get it done. Uh you got sixteen minutes of uh the, the interview. Um I'll probably what I'll do is I'll uh, um, yeah, I'll play the whole thing. I was gonna set it I was gonna do a Patreon type thing, but because of that, um uh, I'm going to I'm going to do it. Um Lexi said her stream is consistent. I don't know what's going on. Um but yeah. We'll get it together for you all and uh we will make sure. I, I will make sure that uh that uh, it's gonna is gonna be absolutely fantastic. Uh all right, so Max Chris questions and uh like I said, what we'll actually what I'll do is um I think I'll go ahead and put it um I'll go ahead and make a video of it. Um and 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 post it on Twitter. So I'll go ahead and post the entire thing, okay? I'll post the entire thing up uh, within the next day, probably right after the show, just so you all can enjoy the interview all by itself Um, and without any interruptions or glitches. So we'll do that. Um, I'll go ahead and make that happen for you all, the PNP Nation, and um, go ahead and, and, and make that work for you all, all right? All right. Again, my apologies for the glitches. Um, you know, I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it happen just fine for you. Uh, my Twitter page is at chris prolific ryan at chris prolific. I'll go ahead and uh, put on my Twitter. Uh, I'll 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 go ahead and put the whole video page on my Twitter. And again, I apologize for that uh, for those glitches. All right, so um, here's the thing. Here's the good news about what's going to happen today. This is for GHP, too. So this is by popular demand. This is something that's been requested for a while now. And here we go. You ready? Uh, I appreciate it, Daniel. Here it is. Bracket, bracket, brackets. So uh, I got a full page. Look, nice and neat for you all. Made it work. Made it happen. So this bracket this week is the in honor of of Ricky Steamboat being on the show. Uh, the the fans' choice, the PNP Nation today is going to vote on the best one-time NWA WCW big gold belt world heavyweight champion since 1989. All right, so since since Steamboat was a one-time champ. He's a one-time Big Gold Belt winner. Uh there was a, there's been 11 Big Gold Belt winners. One-time Big Gold Belt winners since 1989. There's been 11, okay? So this is how we're going to do the bracket here. So you have the reason why Goldberg is here is because Goldberg uh is a one-time but he ha- he had the longest reign. Of the one time champs. Goldberg did. Uh, The reason why Chono, so he gets a double buy. Chono is here, he gets a buy uh, because Chono uh, is uh, second and third. uh, These are the top three Goldberg is first, Chono, and Wyndham. These are the three longest reigning one time big gold belt champions since 1989. And the rest that you have on this side. Um, these are the four low, uh, shortest reigns. Uh, I think uh, Russo had it for a week. Benoit had it for a day. Arquette had it for 12 days. And Hiroshi Hatsi had it for eight days. And then these are longer reigns. Uh Steamboat, like 76. Scott Stunner had like 120 days, or something like that. Uh, Muda had it for uh, like around two months. And uh, Fujinami had it like for about three about about four months so so and again Barry Winner gets to buy uh, Chunnel gets a buy Goldberg gets a double buy because he had it for the longest so that's how that's how we're going to do the 11 Uh, this uh, that's how we're going to do the 11 people and then of course at the end of the show you are going to vote on who is the best one-time big gold belt winner so uh, Hiroshi Hase, um, he's on there because he won the big gold belt when it was the WCW International Championship. So I'm counting that too because uh, um, a lot of you wrestling fans remember how there were some issues. And then the big go belt, the, the, the one like Ron Simmons won. I didn't count Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons is a one-time champ. But unfortunately, he never had the big go belt. So uh, I don't count him as the big gold belt winner. He is a uh, one-time, I <laughs> like that uh, the hashtag big gold bracket. Um, uh, Ron Simmons is a one-time winner, but uh, uh, he did not hold the big gold belt. So, um, so yeah, those are the 11 names who have the big gold belt over the past 30 years who was NWA WCW. I did not uh, count any of the de- – WWE reigns either, so the one-time WWE reigns. So interestingly, you know, and it's funny. It's funny because although Goldberg had the belt for about six months, almost six months, he only had one reign as champion. That's crazy. Uh, and Scott Steiner only also had a reign for only 120 days too. Uh, so that was that was uh that was a big surprise too. So, um. For some reason, it's crazy when you look back and you realize that Scott Steiner and Goldberg only had the, the title, only had a WCW championship reign only one time. Long reign, Longer reigns, I think, like I said, Steiner had it for four months. Uh, Goldberg had it for about six, but only one reign for both. So very interesting stuff there. Uh, uh, all right, so here we go with the hashtag Ask Chris questions. Um, Daniel's putting over uh, Doom. Yes, Ron Simmons and Butch Reed. Um, all right, so Lexi's like, like asking with the barrage, the barrage of this content being spread by WWE stars such as TJP and Rhino. Do you believe these actions are contributing to the rapid decline in weekly viewership? Uh, I think the, the rapid decline in weekly viewership comes from the fact that WWE is doing such a poor job with building storylines and cliffhangers. And we talked about that in the Steamboat interview. Like I said, uh, check check it out on Chris Prolific. Uh, follow me at Chris Prolific. I'm going to post the entire thing um uh after the after the podcast all right i'm um, go ahead and uh, set that up and, and and set in uh and go ahead and do the entire thing um all right so and it's very 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 plush very very cool interview um fifty two minutes long so <laughs> prepare yourself for that although i will pro- probably do both parts just just sec um i just check our chris prolific i i did uh put it in two parts and so I might just go ahead and just, just the, the for you guys to digest <laughs> and some people you know fifty two minutes all in one swoop is a little bit too much but um so yeah I did I did manage to edit it and, and, and put it in two parts so uh, I might just go ahead and do um, both parts uh and go ahead and post it on my on my um <coughs> Twitter. Or I might cliffhang you all and post the first part only on Chris Prolific Twitter page, and then cliffing you all and have you all wait till next week. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. So yeah, Lexi. Uh, as far as the question that you're asking, um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a lack of build. It's it's a lack of build. It's a lack of storylines. You know, it's interesting how the new Wrestling fans are, Um, and it's making have the hardcore uh, wrestling fans loving their you know uh, hard hitting matches with a lot of flips and a lot of moves and a whole bunch of other stuff. But at the same time, WWE isn't support like as far as WWE, you're not. it's not supposed to be a niche market because you want TV deals, you, you want all the money from the ad revenue, all, all those all those things. And if they're not, if they're saying, okay, well, this is niche, I'm trying to make this a global enterprise and expansion. I'm supposed to make the WWE a national, a, a, a international conglomerate. Uh, having a niche product uh, is is. Doesn't help them at all, actually It hurts them, as a matter of fact um, Back in the day, we remembered WWE being So large in life in a sense of the Characters, the storytelling The plots The narratives The wrestling part was not Even a it, Like I always say, I always say the 70-30 rule Give me seventy percent of what happened outside the ring, thirty percent of what happens inside the ring. What hooked wrestlers was the fact that the build to the match was—I mean, it was amazing. It was phenomenal. The match was just the icing on the cake. That's why you didn't have—I mean, like, let's be let's be real here. Not a lot of people were like amazing catches, catch can wrestlers. I mean, you you had your EA was a solid wrestler. Of course, you had your Blanchards. Arn was very solid. Flair, but I mean, look at it. I mean, Luger was a top star. Uh, Nikita was a top star. Dusty was very solid, but he wasn't. You know, he wasn't a good wrestler as far as like catches can. He was his character was what made him larger in life. So, if you, I mean, if you really think about it, especially from a WWE standpoint, all the people who Hogan was feuding against, Stud, Andre, Bundy, uh, uh, Earthquake, Typhoon, you know, like, <laughs> they, they they weren't wrestlers. They were characters. They were villains that you loved to hate. And that's, I mean, WWE and WCW, NWA, um, there were characters. And that's what really drove the company. And we don't have that nowadays. We don't have strong characters. We don't have strong builds. It's not the same type of wrestling as people, you know, you're trying to draw casual crowds. There's, I mean, it, it's almost gotten to the point of embarrassment for someone to just invite their friend over, you know, to, uh, <laughs> to watch wrestling with them now. Or, or go watch a wrestling event. It's almost to the point of embarrassment now, and you know it's it's that's the sad part. And and we're we've seen this decline for years now. You know, and um, it's been going on since like at the end of like ruthless aggression. You know, it's at least the past seven, eight, almost ten years. Really, I mean, really. Uh, the past decade. Um, I mean, you know, we 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 covered some controversial quest- questions uh, on uh, the flavor of the week before, and we talked about you know John Cena possibly being the 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 single biggest contributor of the WWE declining because he's been the man, you know, over the past dozen years, and the WWE has declined. It's you know. De- Decline. I mean, last week was the worst non was was the, the lowest hol- non holiday raw ever, you know. And it's like this is probably I would say that this roster is probably the most talented roster in the history of WWE, and that goes to show you can have all the talent in the world, and that's what pro wrestling is. You can have all the talent in the world. But if you don't have stories to build that talent, people aren't going to care. Simple as that. uh, Let's see what else we got as far as questions here. Let's see some good stuff here. Uh, Someone just made a statement. Okay, here's another one. Um, uh, There are numerous rumors of spreading. There are numerous rumors spreading of Triple H blaming Vince for the negative backlash. This is supported by Triple H recently liking negative tweets aimed at V.K.M. Do I think that Vincent Kennedy McMahon will step down? Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Vincent McMahon will—he'll um, die in, in office probably. Um, because he will probably he will probably reject medical care because he has to be in gorilla covering raw. That's what I can see Vince McMahon doing. I do not see him stepping down anytime soon. Um, I you know, and, and you know, I was thinking about this. Here's the bad thing about this: the same you know, Vince McMahon was the person who was. Uh, the mastermind behind WWE, you know, coming from a, a warehouse, you know, armory style uh, product to a, a national and even to an international um, empire, you know, he this it was the same mixer man who was who was uh, in, responsible for that too. <laughs> so the Hogan's, the uh, the Warriors, uh, you know. Uh, the um, savages, you know, that's that was a Vince thing too. So it hasn't been a a different person. In this still Vince McMahon, but I mean, you know, maybe you can blame old age. Maybe you can blame um, the um, partnership with different sponsors. The 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 maybe you can blame the uh the um uh what is it the uh, stock you know being a uh, pub- publicly traded uh uh being a publicly traded organization now you can't you can't say it's a PG thing because the eighties was pg you know it wasn't you know there was blood every now and then but it wasn't like austin it wasn't like a bunch of beer swingling and uh profanity you know in in eight Shelly and, you know, a bunch of uh, scantily scenes, that wasn't – none of that happened. I mean, that wasn't an 80s thing. You know, it was uh, Hogan and Warrior battling over Elizabeth, Elizabeth, who was a very modestly dressed person, uh, an incredibly modest-looking, sophisticated lady that uh, Hogan and Zalas was shooting against. You know, it was uh, it was Hogan and I mean, it was uh, Warrior and Savage. Uh, you know, Sherry was a villain, but she still wasn't like dressed. You know, like raunchy, provocative perhaps, but not like raunchy. So it wasn't a. It was it was it, it was still like it was still a kid friendly product. I mean, it was very kid friendly in the eighties. Uh, but you know, so that's not that's not the issue. So it's just a lack of storytelling. This storytelling is absolutely terrible. Um, Cody says he gave Raw shot of, for the first time in, in weeks. I tuned out after Revival Lucy Hot segment. That see, and that's my point. That's my point. What Cody's saying. If I if I bring someone in who has who hasn't watched wrestling in a decade, and I'm saying, hey man, give wrestling a try again. And I have them watch last night's Raw. They would say, what in the heck are you watching? This is embarrassing. Uh, And, you know, case in point, the Uzi Hot revival segment. And from what I've heard, they're burying the revival right in front of our eyes for not signing another contract, which is absolutely ridiculous, absolutely petty. And that's something that I don't – that's something that needs to be handled backstage, don't sabotage your products and have uh you know sponsors and and, 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 and uh uh networks look at that mess why would who in the heck would want to buy into that cuz I'm airing my dirty laundry out in public take that stuff backstage that stuff is petty it's ridiculous uh See, I know uh, Lexi's asking. Uh, I noticed that Sasha was not really mentioned this week. Do you think the office feels that they have effectively buried her and will now move forward with granting her release? Very good question. Uh, well, she hasn't really been mentioned. Uh, you know, uh, Corey Gray's mentioned her, you know. All right, guys, let me see. Can you hear me all now? Very good? No. I don't know if you can hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. All right, so it was just a few of these Ask Chris questions. Let me know where you at, PNP Nation. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Daniel says good. That says good. Good, good, good. All right, let me see these uh, comments here. Uh, uh, yeah, we're legit. Tab teams, Rockwell Express, Midnight Express, Road Warriors, Von and Freebirds—absolutely, absolutely. Sitting on Harvest contract is also petty. Yep, absolutely. Um, let's see what we got. Ryan is asking, "What do you think of the new Wildcore rule in WWE?" <laughs> uh, I'll get you. I get to yours, DHP too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So the wild card rule was because of the uh historically low uh raw rating. So I am for the split because no here's the thing, here's the thing. I don't think this wild card rule is going to have anything to do with the bump in ratings for uh for the WWE. Not nothing because here's the thing People were wanting the brand splits because we saw raw lights on SmackDown every single week, and they were doing rematches of the rematches of the rematches. It wasn't anything new developed on SmackDown. And guess what happened today? We saw Kofi and AJ. Oh, well, you were on a you were on Raw yesterday, and it's like. We're seeing more lars and saying, you know, I don't see if if they didn't do a brand split, it would be really bad for a lot of people trying to get to that top spot. I don't see Kofi Kingston as champ as world champ. First of all, you're not going to have two champs if the brand if if, the, if there's no brand split, you're not going to have a WWE champion and a Universal champion. Of course, you're going to keep the WWE Championship legacy over the Universal Championship legacy. I don't see them canceling the Universal Championship. And so, and that would certainly, and, and, and Kofi Kingston, as much as I'm a big Kofi Kingston fan, he's, you know, in my top five as far as modern day, you know, him the New Day. I definitely don't see Kofi Kingston as a top guy. I definitely don't see someone like a Sami Zayn main eventing, and you're going to have your top few people, at least on at least with a brand split, you can have four top guys instead of two, because at the end of the day, there's only two people who's going to vie for the title. I mean, maybe a triple threat match, but it's only going to be two guys, go- two guys vying for the top title. And at least with a brand split, you're giving two other people a chance and having four top guys. And plus. And plus the, the the roster the roster is just way too um full. it's way too clustered, way too crowded for it to be just one roster, one brand. It's way too and plus W's not uh WWE's holding uh freezing contracts, you know, like they're they're doing with uh uh, with Luke Harper, you know, icing him, uh, being petty and extending his contract so he can sit for longer. You know, people like Sasha Banks wanting to leave. Uh, uh, the Revival wanting to leave. Rhino, you know, his he's sitting out in his contract right now. He, his uh, contract's up in the summertime, and he's not renewing. Uh, so, I mean, people want to leave, but WWE is just like, eh, well, you're going to stay <laughs> until now. So, you gotta you gotta have two brands. I mean speaking of Rhino, I don't see Rhino and Slater being tag champs if there weren't two brands. You know, their whole uh angle they had on SmackDown. At least it gives people it gives Mid Carters a better opportunity to have moments. Because someone like an Ali, you know, they're pushing him decently on Smackdown right now. I don't there's no way in the world that Ali would be pushed, you know, if there was just one brand and all the people in Raw and SmackDown are just intertwining between days. You'll just carry teams over from Raw and just have Raw light just like you did before. The wild card rule the wild card rule to me is a knee-jerk reaction to bad ratings. And to me I don't like it because I like to split. I like the split because it gives more people more opportunities. But if you're bringing if AJ's on Raw and SmackDown, AJ's going to be the forefront. If Roman Reigns is on Raw and SmackDown, Roman Reigns is going to be. I mean, people know I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan. But if you have people on Raw and SmackDown, it doesn't give other people who could have a chance uh, an opportunity. So, I, I think this wild card rule is 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 not good. Um, keep Raw, Raw, keep SmackDown, SmackDown. It has nothing to do with who's on Raw or SmackDown. Just book better. Just create better storylines, do better booking, and it has nothing to do with, oh, AJ needs to be on Raw and SmackDown. Roman Reigns needs to be on Raw and SmackDown. Absolutely not. If you're booking correctly, if you're giving me suspense, it doesn't matter who is where. I'm hooked. I'm intrigued. So that's the issue, not the wild card rule. So that was just a knee-jerk reaction that, to me, is not going to do much of anything. Um, got some other good questions here. Uh, okay, Tammy's asking, what do you think about Shane having feuds on both shows, especially when there's much unused talent Begging to be used. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, Tammy. Exactly. Um, that, that's the issue. That's that's the big issue because you have unused talent, but, again, you have the top names being the top names. It has nothing to do with the top names uh, or, or, or with people, unused talent not being utilized. But at the same time, you're going to still have the top names just entered Change between Raw and SmackDown is exactly what happened before the split. So Shane McMahon, again, I'm a big Shane fan too. But he's on Raw and SmackDown. Shane and Miz is not a Raw feud, but now it's become a Raw and SmackDown feud. So that feud on SmackDown now pushes time away from an unused talent. Have we seen Apollo Crews on SmackDown yet? No. Becky Lynch was not on Raw or SmackDown. I know they had you know, I know they were on a European uh tour and things like that. Finn was uh in, in Ireland, but it's like at least you gave him a, a video. Uh but it's like, man, this is <clears throat> this is some tough stuff. And you have people on tour. It still couldn't utilize talent. It's like it's ridiculous. Apollo Crews has not been on SmackDown yet. And it has been three weeks since the uh, uh the superstar shakeup. Um so yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, Becky was on uh yeah, Becky was on Raw. Uh yeah, the her and the Lacey you have scuffle uh thing uh but yeah i mean she's being pushed down the <clears throat> down the line um i think the fact that she's on both shows you know it doesn't really help i don't think it helps her i think you can see too much of somebody and it and it dies down their um their prestige like like aj it was just too much um, we saw him every single week as champ. He was champ for over a year, and it still didn't feel like much. And I think if you see too much of wrestler, wrestling talent, it takes away the mystique of it. I don't want to see the same person twice, twice, so two times a week every single week. I think that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, <laughs> Becky gives the same promo on Twitter, Raw, and SmackDown Live too much. I agree with that. I agree with that. It might not be a popular opinion, but I sure agree with it. Um, um I think GHP is a pretty, pretty cool question. I gotta find out where it is. I'm, I'm seeing some techno T V two thousand. <laughs> That's very interesting. I interviewed. Uh, speaking of that, I interviewed. Uh, um, one of the members of Techno Team 2000, not Watts, but Chad Fortune. I interviewed Chad Fortune uh, uh, a few months back. because You know you know Chad Fortune was technically the first person who beat Goldberg. Um, he beat him at a house show, so I interviewed him. That was pretty fun. Uh, oh, here it is. Here's J- JSP. Do you think with the terrible happenings with the WWE, they can use an off season to reshape the face of the WWE? I know Vince wouldn't do it, but could they use that? Well, you know, I think – I don't think an off-season would be the case. I do think you do uh, a season where wrestlers just aren't competing. Um, You can have an off-season for talent for, you know, at least a couple months, you know, two or three months. You know, if Seth Rollins don't show up in three months and – this you know this year or maybe even 6 weeks at least at least something, um and you know AJ doesn't show up for for this amount of time and uh you know I, I think that that helps them uh it refresh it gives them a refresher because they're coming back and i think that uh if if an off season it should be an off season for talent not necessarily an off season for WWE cuz they're so WSW so depending on the week by week TV and uh, in house shows and things like that, um, and, and a complete off season away from the product wouldn't help them. Um, let's see, some great questions today, guys. Uh, definitely, <clears throat> definitely calming my frustration from the glitch with the Steamboat interview. Um, let's see what we got Some good, good, good comments Good questions, guys uh, GSP says, it's almost like they're treating Raw and Smackdown like WrestleMania season Where anyone can show up anywhere I still don't like it, I agree, I agree Ryan's asking um, Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah uh, I'll tell you uh, GSP says, um, Okay I feel you kind of like a Brock Lesnar feel because I'm not gonna lie. When Brock Lesnar doesn't show up for a while, I still pop uh, kind of pop for his return. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Um, not as champion, but when he comes back, you know, outside of champion, I agree. You know, when when people come back, and it's always that return pop. People get the it's a trot through the return pop. People get it all the time. Uh, Ryan's asking how I seen the dark side of wrestling on Vi- uh, Vice Land. Yeah, you, know, you said Vince Land. I don't know. He had his own documentary channel, but I know he meant Vince Land. Yes, I've seen all of them. I've seen um, The Screwjob. I've seen uh, the uh, uh, Brody. I've seen Savage, and then uh, recently saw the uh, Von Ericks. Um, all of them, very good. I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to the Gino Hernandez one, too. I think that's coming out this week. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoyed all of them. I love, I mean, people know, I love just old-school documentary-type uh, uh, wrestling stuff, old road stories type of deal. And um, Dark Side of Wrestling is an absolutely fantastic documentary. I recently heard an interview from um, Dutch Mantel. And he was talking about it because he narrates – he narrated most of them except for the Brody one I think he didn't narrate. I think Foley narrated the Brody one because Mantell was featured on the Brody one because he was um, – <clears throat> I believe he was a booker for, uh, in Puerto Rico at the time. So, you know, he was a big part of – I mean, he was in the building and he was you – know, you know, he was documenting. He was recalling where he was. And what he did during the stabbing and stuff, and so yeah, he was a good feature on that. And, you know, I would say out of all of them, probably the most uh intense one was the Von Ericks. Uh, 'cause I knew all about the deaths, but every I mean, I've I've seen so many Von Eric documentaries. I even have the uh the um world-class, you know, uh, you know, the world-class, I've seen the world-class DVD uh, when I think Gary Hart narrated. I've seen so many documentaries on the Von Eric Curse, but I think that there was just something about this one that really brought that back to life. And then there was just, it was such an emotional pull on this one as far as just uh, Carrie hugging Fritz before he took the Jeep out to the field, I don't know if I knew that. I knew that he did take the Jeep out. I don't know. If, I don't know if he. I don't know if I knew that he hugged Fritz and told him he loved him before he did it. I, I don't know if I ever recall remembering that. Um, uh, and then when um, Kevin. Uh, when 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 I think it was Chris that that, that went up. Uh, um, I think it was like a hill or mountain. Like he went up the hill or something like that, and kind of was in solitude. Uh, uh, and then Kevin went to him, and then left him. And then I think it was, it was Fritz that said you better get back to him. And then by the time he came back, he committed suicide. Just really. Um, Really tough stuff. Um, so I knew, I knew about Mike. I knew about the um, the um, stomach uh, issue that he had. And I think it was uh, – well, that was David. And then Mike was the toxic, toxic shock syndrome um, after competing, uh, jacking up his shoulder, I believe it was. And then uh, he committed suicide from being depressed and stuff too. And so I knew about all the this- suicide. Besides, but I don't. I know the stories behind them, but when they, when they kind of rec- recounted them and, and the way that they did it, I think it was a lot more emotional. And so that, to me, just the, from a from that standpoint, I think it was fantastic, man. It was awesome. Um, and as far as Brad Hammer Hem- uh, thinking that it, it could have been at work, just an interesting angle on that. I knew. I mean, like the exhaust. I think the Brett story is kind of exhausted. Uh, there's a couple really nuanced things that I didn't necessarily recall knowing, but it wasn't anything major. They still did a very good job with the editing um, and the presentation. Um, Brody was awesome. I mean, that the, the story, the, the documentary, but the production part was also awesome, not what happened, of course. Um, I don't know if I knew about the shower piece. Um, I didn't know about the, the I didn't know about the taking too long in Puerto Rico because it was like bumper to bumper traffic. I didn't know about that. I did know about that. Um, I did recall. I did hear before about the the court case, um, but that was a refresher to me as far as like what happened to court and how he's you know he went away scot free because of self defense. Um, so that was a refresher. And then the savage part um yeah i knew i, knew, I mean I, there wasn't anything really new as far as I recall, I mean the goings on with elizabeth and Luger um, yeah, the divorce and still working together and then going back to working together in w c w and um the death of liz and and the death of the savage. So that was, I mean, I think I knew about all of that. There wasn't really anything that was new. There were some refreshers, but there wasn't any new stuff. So. But all, all together was, you know, I think all of them are absolutely fantastic. I did, I mean, I, I've seen some Gino Hernandez documentaries, but I'm really excited to see uh, what they're going, how they're going to, to, to do this, uh, how they're going to present the Gino Hernandez uh, stuff. So really interesting about that. I'm about to bring Evan Tech out on the Line. Let me um, uh, let me address a few of these ask Chris questions right quick. A brand off season, Raw will be on for six months, SmackDown another six months gives the current brand time to refresh while they're still being on TV year around. The only problem with that is you know SmackDowns deal with Fox, so I don't you know it's a money thing for for WWE. Nah, uh, you know, I um, I don't know. Just one time a week. Still, I I still don't see. I don't see any of this stuff helping. At the end of the day, it's 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 very poor storylines. It's very poor builds. Very poor story arcs. Very poor cliffhangers. That's the crux of what the issue is. Um, um, brand off season on season you know, those are minor compared to what the big issue is. Um, that is asking is Impact really trying to lock Eli Drake into a one year no compete call? Does that seem excessive? And you know what the, the the crazy part of that is uh I interviewed Don Callis, actually I was a part of a presser with Don Callis during WrestleMania weekend. And uh and I really liked the mentality and I saw and I was there with um oh gosh. The Moore, Scott The Moore, (laughs) uh, too. Scott The Moore was there too, and and, um, I mean, I really like their. I've watched. uh, I've seen interviews, heard interviews from them too. As far as they really wanted to start working with a lot of people, making making it kind of an NWA feel to it, because NWA was territorial. They would work with you know brand to brand. Speaking of world class, NWA worked with world class. In order for Carry Von Erich to become, you know, uh, world heavyweight champion during the David uh, memorial. so they had that feel. I mean, Flair would go to Puerto Rico too. Uh, they, were, you know, it was it was a territory. It was an alliance. They were they were everywhere. Uh, um, but I mean, it seemed like Impact's trying to do that, which I like. The event that I covered during WrestleMania weekend was United We Stand. I've said this before. It was, it was uh, Impact, Lucha, uh, MLW, and Russell Pro, and I like that. I like the fact that you have four brands in one. It's you know under the Impact umbrella, but it's four different brands. And the fact that they're, you know, that the rumors of them doing it to Eli Drake is, uh, I don't know why you would want to do that. <laughs> I don't understand why you would want to do that. For for one year. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I don't know how legally you can get through that if you never saw anything like that. So, that's uh, quite interesting. Um, GSP is asking, what is everyone's worst pay-per-view since the brand split? His is Extreme Rules 2017. The raw brand best match of that night was the bar versus the Hardys cage match. That was a good question for the p and Peanut gallery there. Um, My least favorite one, I can't recall, I can't recall a really good one. I think it was the one right before Great Balls of Fire, maybe between Seth and uh, Joe, maybe, I think. Um, Let's see, Great Balls of Fire, I think there was one right before it. That was, like, not good. That was, let's see. Because Balls Ball Fire was uh, actually pretty good. I remember one right after. Um, yeah, Battleground was, was was not good to me. Cena beating Rusev in a flag match. Sami Zayn defeating Mike Kanellis. Jinder Mahal beating Randy on the Punjabi prison match. Owens beating Styles uh, to win the US title. Uh, Shinsuke beating Baron Corbin by disqualification. Um New Day and Usos was really good. Um yeah, that that yeah, that one wasn't good. Five way elimination match Natalia for number one contender spot at SummerSlam. Natalia, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Lana, and Tamina. Uh, yeah, that one, was, that one wasn't good. That one was really bad, actually. Um, Great Ball of the Fire was actually pretty good. Money a Bank before that was... Uh, um, no, nah, it was all right. Not bad. So, Jinder and Orton, over defeating the Ascension in the tag match. Three and a half minutes in there. And that one was actually pretty bad, too. Carmelo winning the Money in the Bank, and then Corbin winning and then Breezango. Wow, count out. Yeah, that one was actually pretty bad too. 2017 was a was a not a not a very good <laughs> not a very good year half year the first half. Kendall stick on a pole. Those uh, extreme rules. Neville defeating Austin Aries in a submission match. And Samoa Joe winning the number one contenders match. Oh, wow. Rich Swan, you yeah, had two cruiserweight matches on there at mixed time. Rich Swan and Sasha Banks defeating Lesley Bliss and Noam Dar. Miz uh, beating Ambrose to win the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, that one was bad, too. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, those those pay-per-views were bad. <laughs> all right, let's bring on our Evan Tech Proud in the building. How are you tonight, sir? Doing all right. Can
3: you hear me? Can you hear me fine? Doing yeah. fine. Can
2: you hear me fine? Doing all
3: right, man. hopefully yeah, Vince will yeah, try to throw that hit, Hopefully Vince will try to throw that wild card keep throwing their claws out to all of us in real life, we all be jacked up. Imagine if your boss come yeah. to your actual road job with those in the yeah. wild cards. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right, that's uh needs help man.
1: Right. Um Yeah it does. GSP said he might be turning heel because he likes Lars and nobody else does. I think he's done I think he's a wonderful I, I think think are Doing a good job with him as a heel. I mean, you know, he's not—he's not supposed to be like. I'm not supposed to like Lars. I don't like him he because he's a heel. heel. I don't like—it's right. uh, not about I like what they're doing with him. I just don't like him as a heel. Yeah, so he's, he's doing his job. He's a—he's doing he's his a job monster well.
3: heel.
1: I see a star he's, too, GHP yep. he's a monster
3: heel. He's what Braun used to be. Just better hope they don't have him talking on that microphone. Yeah. Yeah. And he rolling like the did brown.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Well, I was asking, are you doing anything special for your wife on Mother's Day? We are driving to Detroit to your to your restaurant restaurant for you to uh cook us a an uh a, an exquisitely amazing uh um dish. That's what we're gonna do. Uh <laughs> No, but she, uh, she wants to go out I'm going to so. <clears throat> take her out to you. Yes. All right. So that's what we'll do here.
3: I'm going to change mic- <laughs> my microphone.
1: Hold on. That's all. <laughs> well, my boy, you better make some arrangements because we're driving to Detroit on Sunday. <laughs> no. We. We'll drive down the street <laughs> about about five minutes away from my house, probably. All right, so uh, let's let's hurry up and get into these uh, headlines uh, for the sake of time. Again, uh, apologies for the glitch. Uh, I will make that work. I think uh, as I'm giving some time to think about it, I'm going. I'm gonna go ahead and put part one, which you were supposed to listen to. I'm gonna put that. Uh, On uh, on, on Twitter. I'm going to post it on Twitter. So that's what we're going to do. Right after the show, hang out, uh, check it out on Twitter, and uh, tweet me back uh, your thoughts or anything like that. So that's what we shall do. Um, All right. So let's get into these headlines, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado.
3: Even my headline
1: music is acting up, man. How about that? So much going on. Yes. Um, all right. So Bill Goldberg appearing at the Saudi Arabia stomping grounds uh, event. I think this is great. Uh, I'm like I'm old school, uh, so you know they're supposed to be bringing back Goldberg, Taker. Um, there was somebody else that they're bringing
3: back, right.
1: like a legend. Um. Uh, was it? It was Goldberg, Taker
3: Baker, Brock,
1: and somebody else. Who was it? Brock. Yeah, Brock. Yeah, Goldberg, Taker, and Brock. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm I'm totally cool with this. I'm much more intrigued than that than what we see every week. So I'm all for it. Uh, it's there's some there's some you know work work to be between him and Lashley. So I'd be told I mean, are you kidding me? Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley uh at Saudi Arabia? That that would be
2: fantastic. Yeah. It <laughs>
1: will be fantastic. it, it um, will be so any reasons why I mean, any like Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley on paper at Saudi Arabia. It's much more intriguing than anything that we see every week.
3: The thing, the thing that that will really add to it is if they will book Lashley strong from this point on to the pay per view, because right now he's just in he's in limbo, he's in purgatory, doing these random tag matches matches with Brian Corbin, he's feeding with Finn Balor, he's just he's not being booked strong. So if they will book him strong from this point on. That will really add to you know the anticipation of I him agree. against Goldberg. Who's Brock gonna face? Yep. Are we gonna see Brock against Reigns again? With
2: that. I agree Brock with
3: that. against
1: Rollins. no, mm, no they probably wanna do Brock Reigns. They might do Brock Rollins.
3: Yeah, rematch. And
1: and listen, Brock announced that he's not going he's not <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Brock announced that he's not going back to UFC. So you know what that means. <laughs> they might throw the UB title on him once again. So we'll see. We shall see. Uh, I was, it would not surprise me if the WWE decides to put that title back on him come June the 7th um, as a... <laughs> you know, as a fallback because of their bad ratings. So, you know, knowing WWE, you, you know, a raw a raw writer recently left raw writer, recently raw writer, recently, <laughs> There's a tongue twister for <laughs> recently left. Um, let go. And so, you know, the pressure's on, man. And, uh, and I, with both Raw and SmackDown, just the writers. I mean, the thing is, you can't really, you can't even always blame the writers either, because from what I know, from from talking to former talent, uh, there be you know, there's some good ideas, and even a talent a lot they put that they, they pitch their own ideas. And then you know, a lot of times they. I don't know, I had Brad Maddox on the show, and he was talking about how a lot of times um, they have a specific writer that they go to and the people like pitch their ideas. And so they come up, the writers like come up with some really interesting stuff. And then at at the end of the day, it's being, it's presented to Vince and he just totally just vetoes it. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, the writers are just there to please Vince because, yeah at the at the drop of a dime I mean, I've I've heard about it many times that a raw is mm-hmm. completely rewritten just mm-hmm. hours before the show starts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That and that, and the that's that's frustrating. Second. That's not only frustrating to the writers it's frustrating to the talent. It's are you kidding me? You
2: know, like
1: you are learned, like you have to learn. I remember Brett. I remember Brad Hart talking about that. Bret Hart was talking about how like, you know, stuff would be rewritten and he'll get a script just an hour, is a few hours before, and he'll memorize everything on the script just, you know, just for a few hours. That's frustrating. That's not I mean. That's not authentic. That's people. Are, so there's you, the reason why people are so frustrated because they have to you, learn a script, and then they have an idea, and then it's they're they get excited about it, and it's, it's rewritten. Look at Mojo Rawley. He's case in point.
3: <laughs> you you gotta love rewritten. the hypocrisy of WWE. Remember during the Monday Night Wars in the documentary at WCW, what was the main thing WWE was getting on? Well, WCW, last minute. They kept changing that script. He, well, it worked for Nitro because it was unpredictable. Nitro didn't yep. come on the same way every week. You yep. know, sometimes it would start off with Shivani and Heenan that the broadcast Sometimes it would start off backstage. Correct. Sometimes sometimes the limo will pull up. Sometimes it was a match. Sometimes the NWO will come out. It always changed. It felt like it was a live show because they changed stuff up as they went along. Some stuff, cause I'm friends with Bischoff. He said some stuff they would have set up ahead of time, but depending on what was going on with Raw or if they had a niche, okay, we'll change it up. Monday Night Raw, it's the same old stuff. It always starts off with a with a you know a promo. Same old. Yeah. You know a promo, and then the entrance music, and then I'll you know, set up for the match. You know, they yeah. cause Raw they'll do dumb stuff like Roman Reigns coming out, you know, and he's on SmackDown, but he wants yeah. to tell the McMahon's It's like come on, it's like every week, Raw starts the same way. So it's the same stuff they got on WCW about. They do yep. the same, and like you said, it's not the writers because JJ Dillon has told us before. They've been at Vince's house, Pat Patterson, Absolutely. and would change it up. So it's Vince. But it's
1: not working. Yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. Yeah, it's not working at all.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, it out. Cody says, still Chris still rocking the WrestleMania. Yeah, I have three of them now. now we got to figure it out, man. man come on. Uh, figure it out. Yeah. Yes, this is the WrestleMania 30. Um, figure it out, man. man come on. Figure this it is, out. Uh, 34, New Orleans. Uh, I have. 33, 33 34 and 35 cups now um, 30 33 and 35 are um, up in my uh, dish uh, uh, dish tray <laughs> and um, I just pick ran I- I'll pick randomly I have five cups that I t- typically pick from t- to drink from uh, I I have about three uh, WrestleManias, and then I have two Ohio State Cups. So those are my five. Uh, uh, so, you know, I just randomly choose one. Today I chose uh, WrestleMania 35, <coughs> 34, which was a great experience. The, 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 the show wasn't very good to me, but the experience in New Orleans altogether, all um, the coverage, coverage-wise, it was great. Um, GSP. Uh, Rob was asking, um, whenever AW premieres as a network show, what debut numbers would consider episode one a successful failure as in ratings? That's a really good question. Um,
3: half a million.
1: So, so we're all doing around two one now. Um, I wouldn't say half a million. I, I would because. No, I would I would say probably a success would be half of WWE, so I would say around the million mark. Um,
3: yeah, yeah, half a million. Failure would
1: be probably under two hundred thousand. So between two hundred thousand and a million would be like okay, well we we still got to turn up the the intensity. A success would be a million um, especially if you're, if you're aiming if the the rumors right now are turner so um you know a, have a, a big show do 200,000 300,000 know, especially if it's supposed to be prime time if they get a prime time slot and, and do 300,000 views that would be uh not good <laughs> especially But if they have a yeah. if they have like, like a um uh, like a all like a friday night 9 p.m. type deal uh if they do if they do 300,000 that would i mean that would look that would look good it just depends on where they're going to be slotted at prime time, 300,000 not good um you know away from prime time 300,000 yeah uh, they, they,
3: they're they going to debut on prime and a million time, With sure. TV,
1: TNT and TBS A million would be good Yeah They're, yeah, they're going
3: to debut prime right. time so If they, if they, they debut 10. on
1: prime time Getting 300,000 wouldn't be very good That wouldn't be good Yeah I can definitely see them debut on prime time Yeah Eight um, five, GSP's nine, asking uh, What is your favorite match of all time If you can't give one Give at least three uh, well, I can give you one. My favorite match of all time is uh, Sting versus Flair, Uh Great American Bass, 1990. So that is my favorite match of all time. Not because Oof. of the match per se, but because Sting is the GOAT, and that was the first time he won the uh, WWE Championship. I would say probably second would be the um, – Probably my top three, as far as uh, number two would probably be Simmons versus uh, Vader, when Simmons won the title, and number three probably was will be uh, Hennig versus Flair on Raw, the the uh, the loser leaves match when Hennig actually beat Flair. Uh, I I remember marking out on that <laughs> me and my brother actually. My brother doesn't watch wrestling anymore, but we both used to watch it when we were kids. And uh, I remember that Raw, when he when, when Hennig beat Flair, and uh, we both were just, like, marking out like crazy. We um, found out what, uh, what Raw that was.
3: 93? Um, I, I, yeah. I think it was 93, if
1: I'm not mistaken.
3: Yeah.
1: it was 93. Uh, um <coughs> let's see. Let me check and see exactly what that was. Let me check and see the uh, date. I think it was ninety uh, three. I was positive it was ninety three. <coughs> um loser leaves WWE. It was um L C D. It says nine January twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. Loser Leaves yeah. Town. Um WWE. Yep. January twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. That was it.
3: Hmm.
1: Uh,
3: well.
1: Have you heard about the progress of the AW the A W T V deal? No, not not much progress. Um like I said, uh, they're you know, supposed to be from the rumors, it's supposed to be Turner network, so TBS or TNT, but...
3: Yeah. Uh, from, from, from what I've got is hopefully within a maybe month, maybe month maybe. we'll hear mm-hmm. something, but the fact that there's a lot of TV executives that's seeing a decline in Raw's ratings, and, you know, that hopefully that doesn't hinder any TV execs for giving AEW a deal. Um so hopefully for the next month, from what I got inside, we could hear something, hopefully. I mean, the longer we go off our hand in TV deal, won't be a good thing, but they'll get something. I mean, well, We hopefully. shall see. We shall see. Um, yeah, But they
1: should be able to get something. All right, real quick, these headlines, and then uh, we'll get to this tournament. Just, uh, you know, your grade, the raw smackdown. Um, that's a good point. Wild boy. TNT is basketball heavy. I would see AEW preempting a lot. And that's a really good point actually. Um, so, uh, Jericho and Kazushka Okada. Um, so, you know, challenge. Uh, I saw the video actually, the Painmaker is what, uh, Jericho calls himself now, uh, during this feud. Interesting video. Challenge Challenges Okada. So it looks like we'll be getting them, uh, uh, for um, Dominion six nine, I'm a big Okada fan. He's one of my top five, and uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be interesting. Here's the here's the issue though: uh, Double Nothings in May, um, and you know Dominion is like two weeks later, so Jericho loses both of those matches. You know, he's in two marquee matches It's him and Omega at, at, uh, uh, Double nothing And then him and Okada At, uh, at Dominion. I definitely don't see Him losing it to uh, Losing To Tyler Jericho I'm a big Okada fan He's one of my favorites But if, if Jericho won the IWGP championship To me that would be Absolutely fantastic I, I just don't see that happening um but it could it could. Uh, um watch party for double or nothing. Uh I don't know. I don't see myself ordering it. Um well I I'll I'll check and see. I'll I'll check and see if I don't have to order that I don't see myself. Um I don't know. I think I would talk I think I would talk to some media and see if I could get some media access or something like that. I i i most likely I'll end up watching it. Um Money in the Bank, yes. Well he's asking about money in the bank. Yeah, I can see that happening. So yeah. <clears throat> so I, I would be interested. Uh Daniel said he'd be the first guy, Gene, to since I was to have it, no offense to Jay White. Well Omega was. He's Canadian, so um yeah. Yep. Uh, Jay White had it as well. Um so these Mark Henry Mark Henry says, Bust it up radio. You know he's gonna bust it open. And he says, uh, the reason I'm angry is because I pull him aside and told him this is what he's talking about, Leo Rush. He pulls Leo aside, he tells him, Hey man, I'm hearing stuff in the locker room. What's up? Uh, Russell's voice says, oh, no, there's nothing wrong. That's a blatant lie to my face. I was trying to help him. I was trying to let him know that if you have a question to ask, now is the time because you're very likely uh, not going to run into anyone that knows the system like I know the system. And he didn't do that. He lied to my face. And if you're walking around and cannot pay for a rental car, you can't pay for a hotel with the money you make every week, you need to change the way you are spending. You can't blame that on the office. If you spent everything you made before you got it, that's your problem. What Leo's is doing is nothing different than what I did. He's getting off uh, very easy because in my day, they would have said, Hey, Leo, Bobby uh, should never drive. Now, you should take his bags to the car. Uh, when, when he comes back from his match, you should have a bottle of water for him when he walks through the curtain. Uh, which is a very good point. I mean, you know, that's that's just a part of the. This is part of the business. This is paying your dues, man. I mean, here's the thing. Kudos to um, kudos to Leo Rush for getting for getting his um, spot in the WWE. But uh, let's 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 be real here, okay? <laughs> let's be real. Uh, for what I've heard, Jay White, uh, <laughs> Leo Rush. For what I've heard, Leo Rush is. Very confident and cocky backstage and a relatively yeah. the wrong way and if I can be honest, you know, man, he needs to be super humble and he needs to be a, he needs to be a sponge man because he just he just he can't he's not at the state to do that right now, to be honest with you, because with the exception of being you know Bobby Lashley's manager his mouthpiece. There's nothing about Leo Russ that the WWE is going to use to become a star. So you can be a, you can be as cocky as you want, but where it's going to get you in the WWE, it's going to get you where you are now, which is not even being on TV. So it's like it's not helping you being cocky, but it's like it's it's just ridiculous to me. I just I think he has a lot of potential. I really like Leo Rush when he was in Ring of Honor. He had some really good matches with Donovan Dijak. Uh, I liked him when he was in NXT as well. I just think that they should have gave him some more time in NXT. Um, and I just don't see Leo Rush as a star. I don't see the, I don't see WWE making him anything. Um, not. Past body Lashley is lacking, really, honestly. Um, so I mean, that's pretty. Much, that's pretty much what I see him doing, and the fact that he has this opportunity is great. I mean, look at the Singh brothers, man. The Singh brothers is like the total opposite of Leo Rush when it comes to that. Super humble about their opportunities. I, you know, I'm friends. I'm Facebook friends with one of them, and he's. Uh, I mean, always post pictures of like you know when he was as a kid and how he is now and how he's so uh, happy to um you know so happy to have that opportunity um you know it's absolutely amazing man um so it's it's like it's a whole it's 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 all about the mindset man it really it's it's all about the mindset of where you are and like I said, the Singh brothers compared to Leo Rush, both of them are in the managerial position. One, uh, you know, is much more grateful than the other. And being cocky about it, man, man, listen. It, and it goes to show that, you know, people aren't really, people aren't missing Leo Rush, you know, since he's been gone. He was a good hand for Lashley. But even that, you know, got to the point where it wasn't as interesting. So, that's unfortunate. All right, well, Raw and Smackdown, um, SmackDown reviews, guys. We only, we only got a few minutes left. Uh,
3: D. Yeah. SmackDown um, C.
1: You know what's so funny? Uh, Ken, I was thinking of the same thing, the black Enzo. <laughs> I was well,
2: thinking of the same can, thing. Can
1: all right, Raw SmackDown, Jackson, great, guys. Let's do both of them.
3: If that's the case, will Leo Rush get released? Are we gonna have to get a music video by Leo Rush, like we did with Enzo, if he's the Black Enzo? Well,
1: we already had a music video by Leo. I think didn't Leo already do a uh, uh, music video before he came to uh, WWE, like right like right after his or like, or like during his NXT days or something like that? I think he had a, yeah, think he I had a video it. out, so it's the same thing.
3: Uh, interesting. I got a question it, um, Raw's a D right So So on Monday Night Raw We got to watch the Smackdown Heavyweight title get defended With no promotion And Kofi wins clean And Roman Reigns comes out And cries about not liking the McMahon Being on TV When he could have done that on Smackdown Which made no sense storyline wise And AJ Styles coming out Nothing on Raw made sense and the Revival is going to get burned and say they, their contract is over. I mean, that segment with the Usos was just horrible. And Gallows and, and Gallows and Anderson. Just, I would rather watch Nitro 2001.
1: Yeah, looks yeah, like Gallows and Anderson are doing the same thing. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's see. Raw <clears throat> FFF. That's what the <laughs> Wild Boy said. Smackdown B. GHB says C and C. Kimbo says C and C. C minus for 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 Raw. Um, yeah, the Usi Hots and oh yeah. I say a D plus for Raw. SmackDown was excellent. SmackDown was solid. I I give I'd give, yeah. give SmackDown kind of like a a C plus. Yeah see. was I mean, you know, Kofi. Kofi being a fighting champion, I'm totally, I'm totally fine with that. Um, well, Kofi and Daniel Bryan was pretty good, but that was really the only. I mean, there was, yeah, I was, yeah, B plus, C, C plus four for SmackDown. Um, Ryan says C minus. Uh, Raw, SmackDown B minus. Wild Boy thinks Raw was completely hot garbage. <laughs> so, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, let's jump into the flavor of the week. It is now time for the flavor of the week. Flavor of the week. (laughs) All right, man. Uh, Crazy glitches today. Let's make it work, though, man. We're going to make it work. All right, so, let's get into this bracket, guys. Let's, uh, we got like 5 minutes, it might it might uh, it might be 2 weeks. Let's just do the first round today. Um, Vince Russo and Chris Benoit. Best again, this is best one-time NWA slash WCW Big Gold Belt World Heavyweight Champion since 1989. So the first is Vince Russo and Chris Benoit. Vince Russo and Chris Benoit.
2: What
1: you got, guys? Uh, we ain't doing a trivia yet. Here we go. How many times did Nick Foley win the WWE Championship? Trivia as well. How many times did Nick Foley win the WWE Championship? All right, guys. Come on, let's do this. Uh, Benoit or Russo? Better one time champion. Russo had it for seven days and he set up. I'll just relinquish it because I don't wrestle Russo. <laughs> And um, Benoit had it for one day Because of uh, going to the so,
2: Russo.
1: Uh Three times Good job guys uh, Looks like Benoit uh, Looks like Benoit is Yeah alright So Benoit that one Next one is David Arquette versus Hiroshi Hasi. David Arquette versus Hiroshi Hasi.
3: Hasi. I forgot about
1: you yeah, got guys. Hiroshi. Yeah, me too. He only won it for a week. <laughs> what you guys Just got? Like Arquette or Hasi? Right, <laughs> well, it says Hossie all day. Yep. All right. Hossie. Hossie gets the nod. Let's we'll see if we'll see few are cats, but Hossie gets it. Next Ricky Steamboat, Scott Steiner. Nobody's finer. Steamboat <laughs> or Steiner?
3: Uh, steamboat, steamboat or
1: Steiner?
3: Yeah, steamboat, man.
1: or Orsteiner. Oh well, that's unanimous. <laughs> Ken's never heard of Hiroshi Hopi, big uh Japan star. Um he was real Maybe. big in the junior division in uh, uh uh New Japan. He's um and yeah, so they jumped sort of capitalized on his, his Japanese uh popularity and had him um, (laughs) become WCW International Champion, actually. um, During when Rick Rue had it. uh, Steamboats. Last one for the first round is The Great Utah versus Tatsumi Fujinami. The Great Luda versus that Sumi Fujinami.
3: who well, Mood Muda, Muda's
1: the goat. All the way. That's uh, says Standard gets a half a point for his math promo. Uh yeah, that just <laughs> it just celebrated an anniversary of that so that math promo was hilarious. Uh oh. Alright. Looks like uh, we see one, one but uh one Fujinami but Muda gets it. All right, for next week, guys, we have Benoit versus Hasse. Uh We have Steemo versus Muta. Uh, and then the winners go against Chono and Wyndham. Again, Goldberg gets the double buy because he uh, is the longest reigning champion that had one day. Chono and uh, Wyndham were the, the, the second and third longest reign, so they get one buy. Goldberg gets a double buy. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you all for just uh, uh, bearing with me and having a fun time tonight. Again, uh, uh, check out uh, uh, within uh, soon as soon as as uh, soon as the show's over, I'm gonna have part one on my uh, Twitter. Follow at Chris Prolific. Hope you had a good time tonight, guys. Uh, again, forever Tech Prout. I'm Chris Featherstone. Enjoy weekly wrestling. Of course, follow me on Chris. Chris Prolific, uh, check it out here in just a moment part one interview with Ricky Steamboat. Had a fun with you all, as always. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Eureka Wrestling. God bless and always
3: remember, I do a for
1: you. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye.
3: Good night, guys.